Welcome to the Leadership Window Podcast with Patrick Jinks. Each week, through a social sector lens, Patrick interviews leaders and experts and puts us in touch with trends and tips for leading effectively. Patrick is an LSI certified leadership coach, a member of the Forbes Coaches Council, a best-selling author, award-winning photographer, and professional speaker. And now, here's Patrick. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 54 of The Leadership Window. I am Patrick Jinks, certified leadership and strategy coach and president of The Jinx Perspective. Really cool program this week. I was actually uh, planning on doing a solo episode this week, had some things on my mind I wanted to share, but I can do that anytime you got saved by Michael uh, Tanner, who is on the program. Michael reached out to me and had come across the podcast and we share some similar space in leadership, uh, coaching leaders and helping leaders become better at what they are doing some measurement. Um, if you are familiar with executive coaching or the kind of leadership development that we do, we, we use a number of assessments, you know, disc assessment and benchmarks and there's leadership 360s and all these different things. Michael has a very unique aspect to what he does at Credible Leaders, and that is he has a leadership equation that isn't just about your leadership style and puts you in a color or a letter or a number, but it literally measures, it's it's a leadership calculator of sorts, uh, where there's an actual equation. And we got to talking about this on the phone this week, and I said, man, we could probably record this anytime, but this is so timely for me. It's uh, dead on relevant to the listeners of this program. And I thought, let's just, let's just do it this weekend and, and get this out here and uh, spare our listeners the pain and agony of having to just listen to me. So Michael, thank you for saving our listeners and for uh, making this week a much better show than it probably would have been. Otherwise, I've been excited to have you on the show. So welcome. Patrick, thanks so much for having me. I'm, it's a real uh, blessing and honor for me to uh, to serve your audience on the, the leadership window as best I can. So thanks so much for having me. Well, it's awesome. And uh, so for our listeners, Michael is, uh, like me, about 30 years or so, somewhere in the three-decade range of highly engaged and practical experience in the crucible of leadership from the Marine Corps to the C-suite executive. Um, Michael has done it all really in leadership and uh, not only now as a practitioner, but I love this really just a, a measurer and an evaluator of leadership. And Michael, best I can tell, we haven't talked a lot about this, but the best I can tell is the sort of two tracks that you help people with is one, let's measure your leadership. And two, once we have that measurement, let's improve it and let's make you a better leader. Is that pretty much spot on with what you do or is there more to it? Yeah, absolutely, Patrick. I mean, that's essentially my elevator pitch for, pitch for what we do at the, the Credible Leadership Group. Uh, we do two things really, really well. We measure leadership effectiveness and we improve leadership effectiveness because I, I'm a firm believer, and I believe it was Peter Drucker that probably first said it, was uh, what gets measured gets improved. Mm -hmm. And one of the challenges I believe a lot of uh, people face is when you ask the question, well, how do you measure leadership? Uh, a lot of people, they, I believe they, they don't have an answer to that at all. And the answers that some do have, I, I think is, uh, uh, it's an insufficient answer, uh, just because I think there's some flaws in the, in the metrics they're using and the time that they're using, uh, for measuring leadership. So that's what we do. We measure it and then we work to improve it. 
Well, I definitely want to spend the time on this show talking about how you measure it. You know, I, uh, listeners to this show know how I feel about the term soft skills. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I'm not right. a big fan of that term. I, I get it. I, I know that it means that the metrics are softer. Right. Um, but, but the soft skills has a connotation to it to me that says, you know, these are the, these are the luxury, these are the fluffy things, but leadership is any, I mean, it, it is, it is a hard skill and it That's is right. a, it is, it is a tangible skill, but it is more difficult to measure than, you know, some of the key performance indicators that we measure in our organizations. Um, and so I, I am really excited about, uh, talking about how you do this before we do, let me give you a chance to say more about yourself and let our listeners just learn a little bit more about you and particularly kind of your leadership journey that's led you to this point of serving the leadership arena, the way that you do. Yeah, sure. I I appreciate that opportunity, Patrick. Uh, so my leadership journey in what I call my very first professional leadership position was in 1993. Uh, and that was in the United States Marine Corps. And so to the point you were making earlier, yes, I've, I'm pushing 30 years now uh, in, uh, in leadership, various leadership positions. But my first position of leadership that I actually got paid for being in that position was in the Marine Corps in 1993. And, and I learned a lot about leadership while in the Marine Corps. Uh, but one of the myths, I think, that uh, especially now in hindsight, that I learned in the Marine Corps that uh, I think is a big misconception, especially of those that haven't been in the military. I learned that, uh, that leadership is not about rank or it's not about position or title or authority. And a lot of people would look at the military and think, Oh no, no, no. It's all about rank. If someone outranks you and they tell you to do something, you just do it. Um, and rank is important. I acknowledge that, but uh, I now looking back, recognize that, that wasn't all leadership was, and that wasn't what I was learning uh, in the Marine Corps. But as I, I got out of there and, um, and I got into the corporate world, again, quickly found myself in leadership positions, uh, especially I was in, the, in uh, my bachelor's degree is in computer science. So I was in software development. And in that role, I was really passionate early on in my software development career of I wanted the business to give me a bigger problem to solve with software. And every time I did that, I wanted a bigger problem and then a bigger problem until it got to the point that the big problem that they were giving me was big enough that I needed a team to go and accomplish that. I couldn't do it on my own. Uh, And that's really in my career where I think my passion kind of shifted from wanting to solve a bigger problem to wanting to see a team of people solve the big problem. Uh, and so I just became really, really passionate about, I just love seeing a team win. Uh, and so it was kind of at that point in my career where I really kind of turned my focus, if you will, to uh, leadership development, my own leadership development, and not, not so much my software development skills anymore. I went and got a master's degree uh, in leadership and, and just uh, progressed through the ranks, if you will, in, within the corporate world of, uh, of, uh, of leadership. And really now late in, in my life, I guess now here, uh, uh, three years ago or so, I, I started the Credible Leadership Group. And I did that because I was just so passionate about developing leaders and, and seeing them win and seeing them lead a team that wins that uh, I didn't want to be restricted to just those team members that, uh, that worked on my team within the corporate world. I wanted to, uh, to multiply 
that, if you will. And so started the Credible Leadership Group uh, with that intention in mind to develop leaders uh, so that uh, so that they can win. And, and I'm, I'm a firm believer that uh, leadership should impact people's lives, not just business results. And so that's the type of leaders that, uh, that I want to develop at the Credible Leadership Group. I mean, as you're telling that story, I'm thinking about, you were talking about solving a problem and moving from that to uh, helping teams solve problems together. And it made me think of the framework for uh, Ron Heifetz and Marty Linsky have done a lot of writing on adaptive leadership. And, uh, you know, they, they define, you probably know this, but maybe some of our listeners don't, they define the difference between technical leadership and adaptive leadership, technical being that's the kind of leadership required when there is a, when there is a defined problem and a known solution, like somebody has a skill set that can solve this problem. Whereas adaptive leadership is no known solution exists. And the, the leader is literally holding space holding court for a, a team to co-create solutions together, sometimes at a level beyond just that initial problem, sometimes to a more adaptive, maybe root cause kind of thing. And, and that's what I think that's what a lot of leaders, at least that I coach struggle with Michael. And I'd love your take on mm -hmm. this is the difference. You know, many of the leaders that I coach, have gone, have gotten to their, their position of say CEO because they were really high performers in some functional area. So right. I coach a lot of nonprofit leaders. If they were really good at resource development or they were really good at programs or really good at marketing, they kind of work their way. And you know how it is. A lot of people think, well, if I'm good at this, I probably will make a good leader. And mm -hmm. many are, but some struggle with that. I'm not the high performer anymore where I'm bringing technical solutions, you know, my skill set towards something. Now the job is different. The work is leadership. And that's a mm -hmm. whole different thing. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that, Patrick. And I, I don't want to jump ahead and get it into the leadership equation too much. But when we do, you'll, you'll certainly hear me talk about one of the variables uh, in that equation is competence. And mm. I describe competence as really two types of competence. One, it's the subject matter expertise in which you're leading a team. So if you are a, a sales manager, then you're, you're leading that team in the skill of sales. Well, you need some level of subject matter expertise, some competence in that skill of sales uh, to lead that team. But to the point you're making, your role now as a leader is much bigger than just sales. And in fact, sales itself could become, uh, you know, the, the minor aspect of what you're doing and leadership could be mm -hmm. the major aspect of what you're doing. And so you have to build the second part of that competence uh, that we describe in our leadership equation. And that is leadership knowledge, right? So you have to have that subject matter knowledge mm -hmm. as well as you have to develop the, uh, the leadership knowledge. And I think that's where, a lot of companies, frankly, and businesses, but certainly some individuals, they, they kind of fall short because to the point you're making, uh, you know, that, that rock star salesman, I mean, he could sell ice to an Eskimo. He was an awesome salesman, but then he gets promoted to sales manager to lead a team. And, and too often you see the team just kind of fall apart. And it's not because that person can't sell. He can certainly sell. It's because he doesn't have the leadership skills uh, and, and so I would say that you, you've got to develop both of those, in my opinion, you, um, 
and, and as you progress in your leadership and you get more and more leadership, you'll find that, um, that that subject matter expertise is required less than the leadership expertise. So it's a balancing act and one's going to outweigh the other. And over time, leadership skills are, are going to be the major need for you. I like the way you frame that because uh, a lot of organizations don't invest in uh, building the leadership knowledge bank. That's right. Now, they continue to do the technical training and uh, they just if, if you're not a born leader, let's say, uh, then, you know, you, you kind of just can't develop it. But you can acquire and develop and strengthen leadership competency that the leaders. Absolutely. Yes, leaders are somewhat born, but they're also made. Uh, you, you learn it and you practice it, but the intentionality around learning how to lead is something that I think is, there's still a huge gap. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I, I believe leadership is, it's a, it's a learned trait that you can, you know, that you can, or a learned skill that you can have. And I, I think I agree with you that I, I believe leadership can come easier to some individuals based on just natural, natural characteristics. Uh, for instance, I believe leadership is probably a bit easier for extroverts than it is for introverts. Uh, but I don't subscribe to this notion that uh, if I wasn't born with leadership ability, then I'm just out of luck. Um, I certainly believe that it's a, it, it's a, um, it's a learned skill. And to your point, you've got to be intentional about it though. Mm -hmm. um, you've got to do the work, you've got to do the learning, you've got to do the work and action necessary uh, to build that skill, but it certainly can be learned. Well, let's go ahead and dive into the leadership equation and I'm just going to kind of turn it to you. I may, I may jump in with, with, uh, with thoughts or questions as we go, but describe for us this leadership equation and how it is you've come to help people actually measure their leadership ability. Yeah, sure. So what, uh, so first of all, I, I need to, uh, you know, acknowledge, and I already have a little bit, I'm computer science background and, and computer science is obviously deeply steeped in, in math. And so I consider myself a, a math nerd. Uh, and so it's probably no surprise, especially to those that know me well, that I, I came up with an equation uh, to, uh, uh, to measure leadership. But really uh, what I did in, in building the equation was I just took the four main components of leadership that I have tried to focus on uh, in my own leadership over the last 28 or so years but certainly it's the four components of leadership that I've been teaching and seeing uh, these four variables really impact leadership effectiveness in, in many, many clients. Uh, and I just took those, those four components or those four variables that I'll describe in a moment. And I just married them together in a mathematical equation that takes into consideration the weight, if you will, of each of the components on a person's leadership effectiveness. So the first thing I'll do is I'll just name the four variables of the leadership uh, equation for you. And then I'll, uh, I won't get all nerdy on the math, but I'll, I'll kind of describe how those four variables interact with one another. So the first variable is credibility. Credibility is, uh, this is essentially kind of your, your history or your track record of success. If you look up the word credible in a thesaurus and, and look up uh, for synonyms, you're going to get words like believable, uh, feasible, right? So really your credibility is at what level do your team members believe that you can lead them to success? 
the second uh, variable is uh, competence, which I mentioned earlier. Uh, and competence, it's really the knowledge and the skill, right, necessary to, to lead this team and lead this team to success. And as I mentioned earlier, there's two aspects of competence. There's that subject matter, whatever the subject matter is relevant to the team that you're leading. But then there's that general leadership uh, knowledge as well that you have to build up. And then third variable is motive. Uh, now, th this one is probably the trickiest to understand, uh, but motive is really, it's all around this idea of why do you want to be a leader? And it really comes down to, are your reasons for being a leader, are they selfish or selfless, right? And, and the reason uh, that motive is there is because uh, your team has a perception of whether or not you're in leadership for them, for the team, or you're in leadership for your, yourself. Uh, and that greatly impacts your leadership effectiveness. And then lastly, uh, the, the fourth uh, variable here is relationship. And that is, that is essentially the relation, the level of relationship that you have with each of your team members. And I, and I say on a non-working basis, right? When I say relationship, I don't just mean that you know what that person is doing on the team, you know what their deliverables are, you know how well they're performing. I'm talking more, how much do you know that person as a person? Right? Do you know anything about their family, their children, their hobbies, what they like to do and, and so forth? So it's that, that level of relationship. Now, to get into the math and explain how these variables you know, weigh in with one another, the equation essentially goes this way. We have credibility added to competence, and then that sum is divided by your motive. Um, and the reason for that is, again, as I said earlier, it's a divisor in the equation because it greatly impacts your leadership effectiveness. If your team at a high level, you know, at a high extent, if they question your motives, if they believe your motives in some way are selfish, it's going to greatly diminish your leadership effectiveness. So when you make a decision, if your team members are constantly, well, I wonder why, why did he make that decision? Did he make that decision so that he can go before the board and take credit for it? Or if you're asking someone to do something, especially something that is a task that really no one wants to do, and that team member is questioning themselves saying, well, why does he want me to do that? What, what, what did I do wrong? Why is he punishing me, right? They're, they're questioning your motives at a high level, and that's going to greatly reduce your leadership effectiveness, and that's why it's a divisor in the equation. But now finally, so we have credibility and competence added together, then those two uh, divided by motive, and now finally we have the entire equation multiplied by relationship. Uh, and it's a multiplier in this uh, equation because the reality is a high-level relationship with an individual can overcome shortcomings or struggles in really any of the other three variables. So we see this play out sometimes where, again, um, I've asked a person to do a task that no one likes to do. Their initial thought might be, well, why does he want me to do that? What you know, what does he have against me that he's making me do that task? But then the mind is going to quickly go to, 
Well, but I have a really, really good relationship with Patrick, and I know he has the very best interest of the team at heart. I know that he knows me well. He cares about me. Uh, and so, okay, I'm fine with this decision. I'll go and do what he's asking me to do. So you can see how the level of relationship that you have there, it can even overcome some of those second guessings in relationship to motive. Uh, and it'll do the same for credibility and, and competence as well. But that's the reason relationship is a multiplier in the equation because it, it you know, it can overcome some, some shortfalls in all of those other three variables. Okay. This is really interesting and I'm nerding out with you now. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to play devil's advocate on, on a couple sure. of things, but before I do, I want to say, I love this mostly because it is a framework that gives visibility to the invisible. I That's really, right. I really like this aspect of it because even if it's not a hundred percent accurate and I, I would, I would guess it, there's no way to really know if it's a hundred percent accurate because there are so many factors that, that come into play and we'll talk about some of those, but the fact that it hits on the core tenets and it puts something tangible and visible. And I'm imagining that when you do a score on a leader, um, th the, the various pieces of the equation can show them where they need work. So That's if right. their overall score is, you know, let's say low, they can go right back to the equation and find where that issue is. Is it because that motive divisor is um, really the barrier there that people perceive them to be selfish? And if so, now we can, now we have something to coach on. We can say, how do we change this perception and let's really get to your why and let's make sure you even know what it is. And then how do you communicate that? Why to your team? So there's something very tangible and visible that you can do because of an equation that you've put to something that really is invisible and intangible otherwise. Yeah. I think you're, 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 you know, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, one of my, main goals with the leadership equation was I wanted to ensure that I could give to a leader something that they felt was very objective. You know, we, you talked about, you talk about soft skills and, and, and if we ask people, what is your definition of leadership? You'll get all sorts of different answers. And, and then when you lead that into, well, how do you measure it? Then you're going to get a lot of subjectivity in the answer to, well, what is leadership and how do you measure leadership and and you probably know this it's our natural tendency when we're when we're graded in some way on a subjective level we tend to be defensive against that right well that's your opinion um it, it's one of the reasons that uh, i was such a fan of math in school is because for the most part most of the time there's only one correct answer but in those literature classes for instance there's a dozen different answers to the interpretation of that point. And if my interpretation doesn't match yours, right, that subjectivity makes me defensive. But there, there is something very objective about an equation that it just gives you a number. But then the power in it, too, in the, in the sense that it, it, it keeps the defenses down because it's subjective, the power, especially if, for math nerds like me, we can look at the equation and know what of those four variables should we work on that's going to give us the most bang for the buck, right? Which is going to move the needle the most and increase your score the most 
So we can look at your results in those four variables and know which one to work with. So here's my first sort of devil's advocacy is I, I actually, so by the time it is framed out in a score, you could say that that score, because it's gone through a mathematical equation is objective. However, the numbers for each of the four variables, aren't those subjective to a level because don't those come from your people? So in other words, this score on these four characteristics, are these scores, uh, how, how do you arrive at these scores? I'm, I'm thinking it's some kind of 360 assessment that you do. So it's the people telling you uh, their perception of these four variables. And then you, that's what gives you the score. Is that right? It, it is. That's correct. So what we, what we do is we, we've taken the equation and we've put around it what we call the leadership uh, calculator. Uh, and, and it's essentially a, a questionnaire. It, it's much like you would take a disc assessment or something like that. Uh, it's a, it's a questionnaire. And then each of the responses to that survey is mapped to one of the four variables in the, in the leadership equation. And then it does the math for you and gives you a number. Uh, and so you're correct in that it, um, it's perception-based and maybe there's some subjectivity to it as well. When I'm, when I'm taking the assessment for you, for instance, and I'm reading a question, I'm going to answer that question. I'm going to score you on that question based on my perception of your leadership. And, and that's the important aspect to, to recognize here. We, we do offer and, and allow uh, leaders to take the leadership calculator for themselves, right? Answer the questions. How do you, what is your perception of your leadership? And that's wonderful. But the power in the leadership equation, the leadership calculator is the perception that your team members have of you, right? And so um, once they take the assessment, again, it calculates a number for you. And now what you have is you have a number that represents every team member that, that has taken the assessment on your behalf, use the calculator on your behalf. Now we keep it anonymous and we keep it anonymous so that we can take, uh, you know, uh, some of the, the uh, anxiety around answering candidly uh, out. And so those that took the equation or the calculator for you, they did that anonymously. And now you have a number for each and every one of your team members. And that's their grade, if you will, that they're, they're giving you on leadership. And then what we coach our clients through is we actually build a scoreboard with those clients. And then we, again, we start to work on uh, the necessary variables of the equation and then we can redo the calculator and we can watch those scores improve. So it's not so much about, you know, what number you received, but it's more about watching that number grow. Yeah. So, um, and again, the, the, the devil's advocacy there was, was because I, <laughs> when we do 360 assessments, I've heard that before. I've heard that say, well, I've heard yes. people say, well, yeah, so-and-so, you know, might say that I'm this, but I mean, that's their opinion. I don't think I'm that at all. And so my, my response to that is, well, how important is what, what they think? How important is the, is the perception? Right. And you can be the kind of leader that says, well, you know, I don't care what people think, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I don't care what you think, but the leader that says, um, the perception of my people is really uh, the determining factor of how effective I am as a leader. If That's they, right. I mean, if the people that I'm leading 
are not following, then I'm not leading. I just think right. I'm leading. Was it Maxwell said? I'm just out for a walk. Right. Um, exactly. So, so I, I, I get that it is object. It is subjective because you're asking people for their perceptions and their opinions, but the people that you're asking are the people that you're actually aspiring to lead. And it matters how they approach it. So the objective part is that you take their subjective collective thought and you put a number to it that becomes more objective and again, more visible. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree with that. And, and I don't know who to attribute it to, but uh, isn't there a popular saying that perception is reality? Yeah. And, and that is certainly the case in leadership. And, and in fact, when, when I have uh, leaders take the leadership calculator for themselves, uh, I will quickly acknowledge, okay, you got, you got a score, you've got some results here. You've got a report from us that tell you how to improve your, your leadership. But the reality is your perception of yourself, your perception of your own leadership is almost useless. I'm, you know, in fact, I, I kind of give them the calculator just so that they experience it and know what they're sending to their team members. But, uh, the, the power is in knowing the perception that your team has of your leadership, because that is reality. Uh, their perception of you and your leadership is the reality. Uh, you don't have the level of influence over them uh, that you likely think that you do. Uh, and that's why it's so important to get a score from them uh, that yep. you can uh, then improve on. No, I love it. Now, here's here's my second. And I don't know. This isn't a devil's advocate position. This is more of a uh, you have my wheels turning position. And that is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm sitting here wondering, uh, this, this equation, how do I ask this question? I'm wondering if there's a potential whole nother side to it, meaning the people, all mm-hmm. of the, all of these variables are measures of the lead of the perception of the leader themselves as a leader, the leader's credibility, the leader's competence, the leader's motive and the leaders, I guess, either ability to foster relationships or the, the perceived relationship that exists. Right. And this equation is not about those being led. And I'm wondering if there's a way to measure leadership in terms of how am I developing these four competencies in the people that I'm leading? How am I creating more leaders or where, for example, does results come in? You know, is, is organizational results and performance, is that a measure of leadership? So I'm wondering how you might incorporate this, uh, equation that focuses on the leader as an individual and blend that with the more organizational, um, equations and, the development of the people being led. Does that make sense? I'm just, I'm truly thinking out loud here off the cuff, but. Yeah, no, I mean, it makes perfect sense to me. And and I will explain that um, that's exactly why we developed this further beyond just an equation that gives you a number. And we've, we've created very similar to John Maxwell's five uh, levels of leadership. We've created um, five levels of leadership and in, in the equation, depending on what the result is, it puts you on one of those levels. And the reason that we felt the need to do that is because, well, one, the, the math, the equation, it doesn't give you a pretty number that everyone wants to compare, for instance, to an academic scale, right? A zero to a hundred. You know, if I, if I score a 99, then I know I'm doing really, really well. 
the math just doesn't work out that way. And so what it tends to do is give you a number that in some ways is rather meaningless, right? Uh, other than the fact that you can do the work and see that number get larger. Uh, but what we've done is we map the score to one of these five leadership levels that really, I believe, describes exactly where you are um, with your, your team. And it begins to describe how well you're doing in developing those leadership skills in your team members as well. Uh, and, and I say that because, for instance, the top level, the, the, the fifth level that we've described is the, uh, the multiplier level. And at the multiplier level, you as the leader, you're creating other very influential leaders. And it's likely that those leaders are leaving your team to go to another department, lead another team, or maybe they're going to another company or whatever. But you can see and you have evidence that you have team members that under your leadership have developed into very influential leaders themselves. And, and therefore, you know that you're building these components into those leaders. And then we also have other layer levels like the achiever level. You mentioned like the business results. If you've landed on the achiever level, then you know there's really good evidence that you have a track record now of success. You've delivered some business results. Your team is, your credibility is beginning to, to rise. Your team sees and believes in your ability to lead them to success and deliver the business results and so forth. So the, the different levels uh, that we place you on in your scoreboard, that describes the element that you're referring to much more than the number that you're going to receive from the equation. Okay, that makes sense. That's the added component. And it does it does mirror uh, Maxwell's five levels. We're, we're quite familiar with that uh, model mm -hmm. as well. In Maxwell's version, the you you don't necessarily live on just one level exclusively right. you know you can be you can be a you know results level you know people follow you because you have this track record i think the credibility would be the variable uh, for you that mm -hmm. you that you approached mm -hmm. you your track record your results but you can also at the same time be on the personhood level where people follow you because of who you are and who you represent, what, what you right. stand for and, you know, kind of that lifelong legacy uh, leadership sort of thing. So while they have a score, your, your leaders have a score that p puts them at a level that doesn't, does that necessarily mean they're, you're exclusively on? So do you aspire to say, Oh, I really want to get to the fourth level or I really want to get to the fifth level or is it, is it more of this is the level on which I mostly operate am and am and am known for? Yeah, it's 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 that it's the latter. And in fact, as we work with clients, that's what we do is we take a, a visual, if you will, a scoreboard of those five levels, and we plot on that scoreboard the results that you get back from all of your team. So let's say you have ten team members, and you uh, give them the the leadership calculator they they take that and, and you get a number back from so you have 10 different numbers and we're going to plot that on the five levels and you're going to be able to see where are the majority of those right where's the sweet spot uh, among those 10 plotted scores uh, because of the point you are making uh, for different individuals you're going to be on different levels is likely the case uh, you may have a much better relationship with one of your team members than you do the others. Maybe you've worked with them for a longer period of time or whatever it might be. And so you've got a better relationship with that individual on your team. 
Well, you expect that to be reflected in the score. And so for that individual, you may be on a higher level than you are the, the majority of the other team members. But the beauty in that is now I have a scoreboard with a, with a plot uh, for everyone that, that I'm leading and I can simply, you know, do the work necessary um, and watch those plotted numbers march their way up the, uh, you know, up the ladder. All right. And again, I want to make sure I have this right. There's, there's not this sort of, you know, this isn't compared to, you know, benchmarks, for example, of a, of a scale you're looking for. This is more about establishing your baseline and understanding what your baseline is and moving that. Absolutely. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's, it's, let's get an initial score, if you will, and then let's analyze that score to know what can we work on that's going to move the needle the most for us. Let's work on that. And then we can reassess and we can see the improvement that's being made, both in the numbers, the, the, the numeric score that's coming from the equation, but also in the plots on the scoreboard that we work with our clients to, to basically you're watching the plots, you know, move high, right is what you're after. Yeah. Well, th- this reminds me, and I think I mentioned this to you on the phone. This reminds me of the of an instrument that's been used for years now in in, in academia, um, mm-hmm. it, but in corporations, the the multi factor leadership questionnaire that is used, and there's different versions of it, three sixties and such, uh, authentic leadership questionnaires, and and different um, iterations of it. But they, mm-hmm. it's been used to measure uh, transformational leadership which right. we won't go into the theory on transformational leadership, but this reminds me of that because in that model, the things that are measured are things like builds trust. Well, there's, mm-hmm. mo- there's mo- both motive and credibility um, acts with integrity, which is motive, um, mm-hmm. you know, encourages others uh, relationship, um, you know, coaches and develops people that could be everything from competence to relationship. So there, there really is, I mean, this, this looks like, I think the factors or the variables that you've included in this equation are relevant. I think they are, I think they're proven from, from what I know to be the important factors or at least some important factors. Uh, and I just, I love this. Like I said, I love the simplicity of it. I love the fact that it gives you a framework I tell people a lot that the the instrument you use, the framework you use, the model you use is less important than the fact that you are using one. <laughs> like right. the fact that you're intentional, you're pausing to say, all right, what are the what are the tenets of leadership I need to be paying attention to? What are my people seeing? That's another thing I get asked a lot is how do I measure I get asked that a lot in my coaching, you know, mm-hmm. how do I know uh, one of the one of the questions I'll ask when when a coachee establishes a goal, for example, like, well, I want to be a better communicator. I will actually ask them, OK, how will you know when you're getting there? How will you know right, you're becoming right. a better? And the the short answer is one that you're answering with your product here. And that is you have to ask. That's right. I mean, you just That's simply exactly right. you just simply ask, you know, uh, am I where can I improve as a communicator? What what works well? about the way I communicate with you. What about the culture of communication in this organization? Uh, how do you see it? What is it? I mean, you literally just ask people, that's the measure. Yeah. I mean, that, that just speaks directly to what we were talking about earlier. Um, my communication skills, it's all dependent on the perception of those I'm communicating to. 
right? What is their perception of my communication skills? How well do they understand? How well are they energized and motivated, encouraged by what I communicate? Yeah. Their perception of my communication is what counts, not how well I think I, you know. Well, that's right. Yeah, I may think I'm a wonderful or orator, but it doesn't matter what I think. Well, in that case, not only are you a bad communicator, but you're delusional. <laughs> it's a double whammy. Yes, there's that too. Yes. <laughs> you're, you've deceived yourself very, very badly. Um, Michael, I appreciate this. Um, tell us, you know, what, what is the way I'm, I'm guessing that your website is the best place to connect people, credibleleaders.com, uh, to connect That's people, right. to learn more about this and how they might use it in their organizations with you. Yeah, definitely. You can head over to credibleleaders.com and it's really simple. You'll see the calculator right there. You can also see other ways that, uh, that we can work with you to, to, to first help you measure your leadership, but then also help you improve your leadership as well. And, uh, and I'm on all the social media platforms as well, but LinkedIn is certainly my primary. I, I spend more time there. So you're welcome to look me up and, and connect with me on LinkedIn as well. Okay. We're not done. I'm going to come back and ask, uh, Michael, a couple more really important questions before we wrap up this podcast. So do not go anywhere, but I want you to hear a very quick message from, uh, another Michael, Michael Wallace at leadership systems incorporated who helped make this podcast possible. Hey, this is Michael Wallace with Leadership Systems Incorporated. And on behalf of LSI, I want to say thanks for supporting our friend Patrick Jinks and the Leadership Window podcast. We've been partnering with Patrick for many years, and we are so proud to have him represent us as an LSI certified executive coach. As a mutual friend, we'd like to offer you exclusive rates on some of the same training that Patrick has received over the years, as well as some new experiences that we've been developing. Head over to leadershipsystems.com slash jinx to see the upcoming training events on our calendar and register today to keep learning and growing. Again, that's leadershipsystems.com slash jinx, J-I-N-K-S, for exclusive pricing on LSI's virtual and in-person training events. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Michael and Jim and Taylor and all the folks at LSI for your continued support and partnership. Uh, Michael, we're at that point in the show where I like to ask a couple of questions that I ask all my guests. And the first one is, um, I'm, I'm always inspired by the people that influence, um, successful leaders. And, you know, I've certainly got them in my life. I know you have them in yours. Who are one or two people that you, uh, sort of have leaned on or point to in your life or early career or whatever that have shaped your view and approach to leadership today and and why yeah so i i've got a couple there patrick and i'll i'll go way back to my marine corps days for one and and one here more recently in the corporate world but my very first really impactful leader in the marine corps was a gentleman by the name of captain kennedy uh and he was very very influential in my leadership growth uh, because he he believed in me in some way uh, and a quick story I'll tell of that, uh, we were just about to break. My platoon was just about to break for a, for a long weekend. We couldn't wait to get away. Uh, and as we were breaking, uh, he just yelled out at me, he said, Hey, Tanner, come here. And so I, I go up to see him. Yes, sir. Uh, and he handed me a book and the book is actually, um, uh, the leadership challenge. It was, I think second edition at the time. But it was impressive on me because of two things. One, it was the first literature that I received that wasn't uh, Marine Corps propaganda. It was a legitimate book outside of the Marine Corps. But he handed this to me, and uh, he said, I believe you have potential. 
to be a great leader. And he handed me that book and, and, uh, and, and it's funny because the next week as we met back together, he called me into his office and he asked me, he said, what is the foundation of leadership? Luckily I had read the second chapter of that book. <laughs> uh, and I said, well, credibility is the foundation of leadership. And that's the very reason I named my company credible leaders. Um, but just, he was the first person just really impactful on me in that at his rank, his seniority and his level of leadership, he saw something in me and that was incredibly encouraging to me. Uh, and then uh, more recently in the corporate world, uh, I, I don't work with him or for him anymore, but, uh, had a wonderful leader, uh, in my software development world. Uh, his name was Heath Thompson. Uh, and just, a just, a he led with humility. Uh, and it was, uh, very impactful on me that, uh, I felt, I felt equipped and engaged in the team that he was leading. I felt like a, you know, a strong participant in the team because he was a leader that did, he did not lead with ego. Instead, he led with humility. Uh, and one of the ways that he exhibited that, for instance, is he would, he would gather our, our team together and he would present a problem. Hey, Hey team, here's the problem what do you guys think is the best solution to this problem? And so we would all um, contribute to what we thought our best ideas were, but he would then facilitate healthy debate on that. And, and we would ultimately end up in what I believe to be the best possible solution to the problem that we were facing. And likewise, we were all bought in to that solution since it was essentially our own solution, right? Uh, he didn't uh, come in with ego and say, all right, team, here's the problem and here's how we're going to fix it. Now get after it. Uh, no, he is very patient with us and very humble with us. And I just recognize that as a, as a strong attribute of his leadership, because it made me feel empowered. It made me feel engaged uh, and, and honestly motivated to work even harder for the team. Wow. Um, great stories. And I, I think <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing that they lead to the answer to my final question. Um, because what I, what I love about both of the stories that you told is they are about leaders believing in you and making it right. about you and not making it about them, which I think is really cool. Anyway. Um, my last question for you is what is, what is your top tenet of leadership paramount it's the most important thing in leadership it's the michael tanner 22nd message to all leaders of the world uh of something that they need to be aware of as leaders what would that be for you yeah so my primary tenet related to leadership is this leadership is about relationship i believe there's a huge misconception that you know leadership is a destination it you know, it's a title that I can achieve or a prestige that I want or, or some level of authority that I can attain. Uh, but really, that's not uh, what leadership is about at all. Leadership is about relationship. And as we talked about in the leadership equation, that's why leadership is such a multiplier mm. in the equation is because the level of leadership that you build with your team uh, is, is going to be what influence your team members the most. And so that's, uh, that's my tenet. It's all about build those as good a relationship as you possibly can with your team. And then they'll give you their full effort in anything that you lead them into. Man, well said. You and I uh, off the air had a conversation that both of us are very appreciative of John Maxwell and his 
philosophies on leadership. And he says, leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing right. less. And that's really where these relationships lie. And when I talk to people that say, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just not the leader kind. Well, you, you mean you're not the relationship kind? You mean you, that's right. you have no, you have no ability to like, uh, make, make a relationship valuable to someone else. Oh yeah, I can do that. Well, you might have more leadership capability than you're giving yourself credit for. <laughs> anyway, right. we, we see those individuals that have great relationships with team members. They have no title whatsoever, but yeah. they have tremendous That's right. influence over all the other team members. Yep. It's not about the position, the place on the, on the org chart. That's, that's something totally different. Michael, thank you so much. I appreciate you sharing this. Uh, very intriguing. You got my mind going on it and, uh, we'll, uh, Hopefully our listeners will uh, check in with credibleleaders.com and learn a little bit more about how they can use the leadership calculator and go deeper into the leadership equation and, um, and get that help from you. So thanks again, folks. Um, this is important stuff. You should measure what you're doing and you should find out from your people how they're perceiving your leadership. It's kind of important. Lead on. <laughs>